What it do, what it do, what it do. There's a full court pressure, I'm just going for the two. If you know who said that line, pat yourself on the back. You were raised well and you grew up on the right things. Uh, we will start today as usual. Welcome back into Big Bet Sports, y'all. I'm kind of loud right now, but I'm feeling good today. Um, again, as usual, make sure y'all like, comment, subscribe, share. Uh, Big Bet Sports on social media is everywhere. Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram, Big Bet Sports. Um, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, Big Bet Sports is live and in action everywhere. And with that being said, we will start today um, as we should, as we should, as we should. I was kind of thinking where I was going to go with it, but we're going to start today as we should. Um, it is Sunday, August 21st. Um, so we will start with the Jags and the Steelers recap. And we won't spend too much time on it because there wasn't much to pull from the game um, as a Steelers fan. Uh, obviously, first and foremost, the one thing everybody will want to talk about is can he pick them apart? And I, I got to say, he, he's looking great, but I'm going to save him for last. I'm going to save him for last. Um, let's start with, we're just going to dissect it. We'll start O-line, and then we'll just make our way around the roster. So starting with the O-line play that I saw yesterday from the Pittsburgh Steelers, I will give it A. You didn't even turn in your assignment, my brother. Fuck a letter grade. You didn't even turn in your assignment, P. I forget what the teacher used to put on your, on, in, in your grade chart when you wouldn't turn in your assignment, brother, but that's what the O-line got yesterday. Y'all didn't even fucking bring y'all paper to school. Y'all chose to leave y'all homework home. Pim, I'm watching grown-ass men get bullied. I'm talking about bullied. And, and I'm not trying to take nothing away from the Jaguars. I'm going to keep it a bean with y'all. I don't know too, 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 too much about the Jaguars' front. But I know damn well it ain't the best front in the league. Shit, I know damn well it ain't better than the front four we got. So I just do not understand what the O-line was on yesterday. And usually I could point the finger at Kendrick Green. But yet yesterday, there was a little blame to go around for everybody. There was nobody that in particular stood out like, okay, he holding his own at least over here. We know at least on this side, this fellow right here not getting beat. I didn't really see that from nobody yesterday. And so, you know, in turn, moving back on the O-line, it, 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 with the quarterback, starting with Mitchell Trubisky. It made Mitchell Trubisky look, I don't want to say terrible, but every play was a broken backyard play. Got to scramble for my life. Got to break three, four tackles in the backfield before I can even try to look down the field and see if there's a receiver for me to find. Now, it, it, it's definitely a beautiful sight that we could look at Mitchell Trubisky and say, damn, well, that's not Big Ben fat ass from last year. And at least when the pocket do collapse like this, like we longed and wished for all last year, this fella can get his feet going and extend the play. He can shake an arm tackle and get loose and shake a play. So that was nice to see. I'm not trying to see that every fucking time somebody say hype, though. I like to see a nice three, three-step drop, five-step drop, clean pocket, scan the field, find your open receiver, catch your read, and, and put something on the numbers. Like just, 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 just fundamental football, rudimentary football. I don't want to see every time you say hype, the homie got to break a tackle from the DN and then break a tackle from a from, from a guard or, or, or a tackle. I mean, it's, it, 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 O-line, y'all got to step up. Y'all got to step up because in turn, that's what I would like to say about Mitch Trubisky. I don't even think yesterday you were adequately able to grade him 
because of how poor the old line looked. I never really got to see Mitch sit in the pocket and, 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 and you know, make reads on the field. If I want to grade on them, can he get away from the quarterback? Is he elusive? Is he slippery? Can, can he move? Does, does his feet work? But then I'll give him an A++ because I seen him break probably 10-plus tackles in the backfield yesterday in the little half a quarter or whatever he played. So you can't even really adequately grade Mitchell Trubisky's performance yesterday because it, it, it was so affected by the lackluster play of the O-line. So we'll go there. Secondly, that also affected the running back play. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Benny Snell, yes, it affected your performance. But as me and MJ spoke about the last time we were on here talking about the Steelers and the running back room and the depth chart and the order of which that'll be and who will and who won't make the roster. Benny, again, bro, it's every time you get an opportunity, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I see a guy who struggles to find holes. I see a guy who struggles to have the speed to bounce to the outside and get away from those edge rushers and those linebackers who are beating you to the edge to where you're not even getting back to the point of the line of scrimmage. To hell with maybe making a one or two yard gain out of it. You struggle to get back to the line of scrimmage, G. And again, as I spoke on, I understand that that has a lot in effect to do with the lackluster play of the O-line. But then when Jalen Warren in there look a little different, it may not look amazing, but it look a little different than when you in there. When Anthony McFarlane in there, it look a little different. It may not look, you know, top tier, but it look a little different than when you in there. I, I would say that much. So I just kind of look at it in, in, in a way, Benny, where, bro, it's, um, I don't know if we're going to keep four running backs on the roster. I know I've heard a lot of reporters and a lot of people that's around and close to the team say you, 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 you're you a very effective special teams player. So I feel that. I get that. Maybe they keep you around for that. But, bros, I'm going to be honest with you. I I um I don't see it big. Let me not even disrespect him and call you that or disrespect him and call you that. I don't see it from you, Benny. I don't see it from you, brother. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. But if you're asking me what the Steelers running back room should look like, I like a Najee, Jalen Harris, and, and or Jalen uh, Warren, I'm sorry. Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, and uh, Anthony McFarlane backfield. RB123, I just gave you the order. Harris, Warren, McFarlane. Oh, whoa. Matt LaFleur, my bad, y'all. Ian, Ian, stop hitting me up right now, bros. I'm live. Come on. Come on, bros. Rappaport don't be having those. Like, yeah, bros. But uh, so then moving on, Um, I was impressed with the wide receiver play yesterday, the skill positions players. Now, again, we didn't really get to see too, 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 too much. But even as I looked at the stat sheet yesterday, and no, obviously guys didn't play full quarters, but, you know, I seen – Big move, three catches. Deontay Johnson, two catches, 30-some-odd yards. Chase Claypool, a catch, 29 yards. Uh, Pickens, I think, had two for six. He had a pretty quiet day. Gunnar Olowiski had a catch. It's just like, again, as I said, our skills position room is so deep. And we still haven't even seen Calvin Austin III start to get loose yet. He hasn't even really got the opportunity to play, I don't think, yet. I think he still – I don't think he played yesterday. I don't – I don't remember seeing him on the field now that I think about it. And that's what's so crazy. We got so many players that I'd be forgetting to tap in and see where Calvin Austin at, where he at with his with his recovery process from the little stinger he had. Because I know he didn't play week one. But again, even in week one, I forgot about it. Or at least I don't think he played week one again. And so it's just like our skills positions room is, is so deep from the wide receiver and tight end's perspective. Um, I will say I don't know what we're going to do at tight end behind Big Moose. Um I haven't really seen a guy that, you know, could be a definitive tight end, too. Now, I don't think we're going to run many two tight end sets. 
Um, oh, I'm tripping. Connor Hayward. I am super tripping. Connor Hayward. Connor Hayward. Connor, I'm so sorry, big brother. Please forgive me. Connor Hayward. Uh, again, I like Connor Hayward. He's a football player. He's a Hayward. We know what Cam Hayward has bought to the Steelers. If you know, if you've been a Steelers fan for long enough, you know what Cam Hayward has bought to the organization, the type of cat and leader he is. So Connor Hayward's in there. So like what I saw from the skill positions room, um, I believe that's going to be one of our strengths all season. It just being tough for guys to match up with Johnson, Pickens, Claypool, Moore, Olawitsky, Calvin Austin, Najee Harris. It's just a lot of guys that 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 can impact the football game in a lot of different ways. Uh, when you talk about the guys that we have in the backfield and on the outs, um, as far as the defense, um, so first and foremost, TJ Watt, a TJ brother. Oh, whoa, P. Troy Palomalu is the reason I became a Steelers fan. He's my favorite Steeler ever, brother. You are making a strong, strong, strong case. A very, very, very... TJ, I just love everything about you, brother. Your character, your work ethic, your consistency. Just everything you bring to the table, not only as a football player, I can see it from afar, brother, as a teammate, as an individual, as a man. You could just see it on you, brother. You could just... Every time this boy played football, if there is a quarterback playing football as well, well, T.J. Watt is going to go get him. It's just the inevitable. It is just the inevitable. Like, I, I do not understand, bro. Every day, if this boy is playing football, if Trent Jordan Watt is playing football, and there is a quarterback playing football as well at the same time as him, you can best to believe you can put your left nut on it. That ball is going grab that quarterback. That I could promise you at least one time in that football game. When I say grab him, I mean grab him and bring that ass to the ground. That I could promise you. Because I watched him get to the quarterback yesterday, I was just like, I, he had the little play at sack Trevor Lawrence. It's like, damn, the homie, I don't never see a game where the homie don't get a sack. And TJ, I just love that about you, bro. So say all that to say, you are quickly quickly and strongly making a case as my favorite stealer ever that it is still Troy Palomalu brother be completely honest with you but you are making a strong case P by the time your career is over brother oh whoa P if it's one thing if it's two things I need in my life I need to watch in the Palomalu jersey sign but if at any way I could get that done at any point in time brother in life I don't care if we are 60 years old TJ do you understand me if I come across you, brother, and I got that Watt on, I'm going to need that. Please, brother. Anywho, as far as the rest of the defense, uh, I really do love the addition of Miles Jack. Obviously, I can see he's still trying to get acclimated in the defense. He's still learning the schemes. He's still learning his teammates. But I see him making plays. I see him making more plays than Devin Bush. But I'm not even going to get on that today because I don't have the time, the win, or the kid fuck at this point to talk about Devin Bush and his lack thereof when we talk about skill on the football field at the linebacker position. So, because realistically, I'm going to just say one thing and leave it at this. What I'm starting to look at and, and the way I'm starting to feel about it, bros, I'd rather put Terrell Edmonds at, 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 at Devin Bush's linebacker spot and let Trey Noah would play the other safety spot. Devin Bush, go sit your ass the fuck down, bro. Like, I'm just tired of looking at it. I, I'm, I'm so overseeing it. I'm so upset that we traded up to pick your ass with the 10th pick. And I said it then. 
the year we drafted him, bros, we got the wrong Devin. And granted, that was biased of me. I am an LSU fan. I am a Louisiana uh, a, a native. I, 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 I bleed purple and gold, but not that Laker shit. That LSU Tiger shit. So, of course, I want all LSU Tigers I can get, especially the superstars. But I said that year we got the wrong Devin. And every time Devin Bush steps in between them 100-yard hashes, that ball proves me correct. And as a Steelers fan, I do not like that. I am tired of seeing you, bro. If, if it got to be Spillane, if it got to be Edmonds, I don't give who it is. Just please get 5-5 five, five off the field, bro. At this point, I heard Brian Flores going 93-7 to fan. I think it was the other day out in Pittsburgh and 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 and, and, and put some words together to try to save Devin Bush from the goofy-ass interviews. Oh, well, are you worried about your, uh, your Steelers future? Oh, well, shit, it don't really matter if I'm with the Steelers. I'm going to be in the NFL next year. Says the fuck who? Brother, who lied and told you that? Oh, uh, Pete, going to be in the NFL next year, brother? P, I don't know. Put that chest back in, big brother. Oh, whoa. Because ain't nothing about that guaranteed, people. I promise you that. Because if I'm a scout, if I'm a general manager, if I'm a head football coach, if I'm a defensive coordinator, if I'm a linebacker's coach, and I'm looking at the tape you put on the field, P, I can guarantee you I don't got 50 cents for you to come play over your brother. I don't got 50 cents. So the comment you made about, oh, I'm going to be in the NFL next year, P, how they say that, brother? That might be writing a check that your ass cannot cash. That might be your mod writing a check that your ass cannot cash, Pim. I know we don't really cash checks too much no more in, in 2022. It's a lot of direct deposits, a lot of self cash app type shit. But Pim, I'm going to tell you what, brother. But anywho, as far as the rest of the defense, uh, you know, guys look good yesterday. Cam Hayward didn't really play yesterday. Um, I like to see Larry Ogunjobi getting acclimated to the defense, getting acclimated to that D-line. That front is going to be nasty. Um, I was hoping to see a little more from DeMarvin Leal. Um, I like the Levi Wallace. Cam Sutton almost had an interception yesterday. Ball just went right over his hands. It was great placement for Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, not really too, too, too much from the defense. We only gave up 15 points. Uh, they moved the ball up and down a good bit, but classic Steelers, bend but don't break. We get inside that 10, that 20, that 15, that 10-yard line. It, it, it get real tight. And, and, you know, the Steelers really don't do nothing but play zone. So once you get into that area of the field where the field gets super tight and the Steelers are so accustomed to playing zone with 75 yards of field behind them, well, now when it's only 15 yards of field behind them, that field tightens up and that zone gets a lot tighter and, and then much, much, much better. That's why the Steelers are so good at once you get in the red zone, it's so hard to score on them because they're just so good at playing zone defense because it's all they do anyway. Bimba don't break. That's what we looked like yesterday. Classic Steelers won the game 16 to 15. Um, and now we'll talk about who everybody wants to talk about. And that is the young superstar to be, we hope, we hope, Kenny Pickett. And I'm going to just be quite honest with y'all. I think I slept. I think I slept. I can come here humbly right now and say, I don't know definitively yet. Obviously, it's just preseason football. But I think I can definitively say I was wrong. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I, I, I'm perfectly fine with that. I would have preferred to have been wrong. I'm okay with that. You know, I used to have this complex as a kid. I always wanted to be right all the time. And I won't even lie to you as an adult. 
I don't have the complex. I just know that majority of the time I am right. But in this situation, again, it was one of those situations where as an adult, I thought I was right. I was like, bro, why in the fuck did we take Kenny Pickett with the 20th pick? Why did we not just draft the best football player with the 20th pick? Why did it have to be Kenny Pickett? I wasn't necessarily sold on Kenny Pickett. People play that pit in the ACC. Y'all trying to compare him to the LSU Tiger great Joe Burrow. I don't see that. But, brother, through this camp and through two preseason games, P, I'm going to tell y'all what. I'm going to tell y'all what. I think through three preseason games, the homie's like 19 for 22. Um, Three touchdowns to no interceptions. Um, Two very, very impressive uh, two-minute slash sub-two-minute drives. Excuse me. Um, yesterday put a great drive together uh, with a minute left from midfield in. Um, and in the first half in the touchdown to put us up seven to six. Uh, a couple good good slant routes to Deontay Johnson that he was able to catch and run with. Uh, good pass to Pat Fryermuth over the zone that he was able to uh, stumble for a couple of more yards with. And then uh, he threw a touchdown to Deontay Johnson and got called back um, on offsetting penalties. Um, and then the very next play, he threw another touchdown to Benny Snell. So, I, Kenny, you look good, brother. You look good. People, and I, I've been saying I want a reason to call you. Kenny, pick him apart, brother. I'd rather call you. Kenny, pick him apart. Then be receiving text messages in the group in my phone calling you Kenny, pick six. People, I promise you that. I promise you that. And, 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 and I ain't going to lie to you, brother. I, I, there was a part of me that thought, a, a large part of me that thought, people, I'm going to be receiving them group tests because I know the Mitchell Trubiscuits is coming. <sighs> people, I know them thing is coming. And so I'm going to be quite honest with y'all. And actually, if you give me a second, I'm going to show y'all the photo. For all the, the, all the Steelers hate that I received this season, there's one photo that I'm going to respond to all of it with all year long. Steelers and LSU hate. Any of it I receive all year long, I'm going to show y'all the photo. Give me a couple of minutes. But anywho, I was wrong about Kenny Pickett. I, I, I was definitely, well, well, thus far, again, two preseason games. Uh, yesterday, his action was against a lot of the Jags ones. Again, they're the Jags ones, okay? Uh, it's not to say too, 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 too much, but it's better than him looking terrible. He's damn near looked perfect. Uh, I mean, his his charisma in the pocket, his confidence in the pocket, his presence in the pocket, his quick decision-making, his not making it complicated for us in the, 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 the throws. And I seen Mitch, I did that on one of the first plays. He had to break a couple tackles. He came around, and Benny Snell is sitting right in front of him. Easy first down. It was like second and five, six, seven, something like that. Easy first down. Dump it to Benny Snell. Let him get the six, seven yards. He tries to throw it. 25 yards deep to Deontay Johnson. It goes over Deontay Johnson's head. Deontay Johnson did have a step on the defender, but it wasn't really the cleanest of throw-catch exchanges, just in the way Mitch had to break the pocket, break a couple tackles, just make the easy play, bro. Live to play another down. Sometimes the easiest play is the best play to make. The play right in front of you is the best play to make, and I prefer that quarterback. Let's not make it complicated. And, 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 and that's what I like thus far, what I've seen from Kenny Pickett. He hasn't made much complicated. I, I like that. I like the fact that he's, you know, making quick reads. 
He's 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 getting the ball out of his hands quickly. His little itty bitty hands that y'all spoke on. His two glove wearing hands. It used to be Teddy two gloves. Now it's Kenny two gloves. Okay, yeah, Kenny two mitts. Yeah, people. Kenny two OJs. Hold on, let me stop. All right, but overall, I'm ready for the regular season to start. To hell with all this preseason. It's exciting to have it back. It's good to be able to watch football on the weekends. Again, I ain't going to much hold y'all, but I'm just ready to get to the regular season, and I will close in this as far as on the Steelers. With every passing day, at least it seems to me, with every day that passes by, the gap that is in between Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett is shrinking at a very, very rapid rate. And I was asked yesterday by a friend, do I think Kenny Pickett will be the starter by week one? I think it is a very, very, very high possibility. I think it has damn near even went from a very, very high possibility to a very, very good reality. I think we've graduated from possibility to reality. It is now a reality for Mitchell Trubisky that this boy is on my ass. Pause. It is now a reality for Kenny Pickett. Oh, I could really beat this boy out for this job. If not by week one for goddamn show by week four. Not even the fact that Mitch is playing bad. Just, coach, I look better than him. So, Mitch, brother, I appreciate you, people. I appreciate you for wanting to be a steal. I appreciate you for coming out here, being a professional, putting your best foot forward, brother. Beautiful family and all that, but uh, might be pick them apart season, brother. Might just be pick them apart season that might just be something we got to ride with and accept, people. Um, for those that are tuned in, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all. I'm going to move off the Steelers. Um, although y'all know how much I love talking about the Steelers. I love talking about the Steelers. We are going to move away from the Steelers. And we are going to move into our next segment of the show. Um, and what I'm going to be talking about in the next segment of the show um, it's something that I think it gets talked about, but I think it gets overlooked a lot more than it should. And that is the correlation of quarterbacks and the organizations in which they play for. If you guys could just give me one second, I'm getting my final clip together. Um, when you are producing and uh, collecting your own uh, material uh, content that you will be um, showing during the show and when you're, uh, you know, doing the whole nine yourself, sometimes you got to do as you go. But um, so my thing is with quarterbacks and organizations, and I, I heard it being spoken on yesterday. And the question was, do you think Justin Fields, will be, in essence, basically the first successful Bears quarterback. And I thought to myself, if you have to ask that question, then the answer is probably no. And that has nothing to do with the talent of Justin Fields, or even if you want to say the lack thereof. However you view Justin Fields as a talent, as far as a football player, whether you think he's talented, very talented, not very talented, all of which is 100%, you're right. We haven't really been able to see much of Justin Fields on the NFL level. So whatever you think of him, cool. 
But the question then becomes, can he succeed? Right. And when you when you ask the question, well, which of the obviously last year was one of the biggest quarterback drafts ever? Five quarterbacks gone in the first five, uh, first round. I think major, all of them were gone by the 15th pick. Mac was the last one to go out, I think, pick 15. And when you ask which of those quarterbacks will have the most successful career, what's crazy is it'll probably be the quarterback that went last. And it has nothing to do with him being the most talented quarterback because he's not. He actually might be the least physically gifted of the five. When you talk about athleticism, he's not as athletic as any one of the five, just from an athletic standpoint. Okay, and I'm obviously mental, maybe he's in a different category than whoever, you know, I don't know really all of their mentals and, and, and ability to break the game down and read, et cetera, et cetera. I know Mac does very, very well in the pocket with that. He may do that better than all of them. Um, and that is a big part of football, obviously, but Mac is far from the most physically gifted, the most talented of those five, but he went to the best organization and sometimes it does not necessarily fuck sometimes it don't matter how good your fucking quarterback is it does not if it is not paired with the proper organization who then feeds that 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 quarterback the right general manager who's smart enough and aware enough to put the right pieces around him that he needs to be successful, that 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 organization pairs the right coach with him so that he has what he needs to be successful. That coach puts him in a position to be successful. That coach is a quality football coach and knows how to maximize the talent in which he has on the football field. The season is in which he has in the cabinet because I'm about to make a great comparison for y'all if you give me two seconds. It, 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 the, the organization then plays a part in picking that coach who has to have awareness enough to pick a quality and sound offensive coordinator who's going to pull the most, best out of his quarterback, who's going to call the best plays for the skill positions players, the running backs, the O-line that he's been given. So let me give you a great comparison, a great analogy, if you will. Everybody eat, right? Everybody eat. Okay, so now... Let's say you have a great quarterback, a great quarterback. Let's call the great quarterback a waffle, the best waffle you've ever had in your fucking life. I'm talking like beyond the great waffle, waffle house, ego waffle, the greatest waffle you ever had in your life. Well, for majority of people, for that waffle to be over the top, you're going to have to give that waffle some syrup, okay? And now when you put syrup on that waffle, okay, boom, now that waffle is that much better. But damn, now we got different brands of syrup, different qualities of syrup. The better syrup you get, and and, and some syrups, like let's say this is a cinnamon waffle, there may be a syrup that, that, that um, word I'm looking for, that goes along with that cinnamon waffle that pairs with that cinnamon waffle a lot better than a syrup that would be good for ego waffle. Doesn't necessarily mean that either the syrups are better than the other. The syrups just work better for different waffles better than the other. So not to say that your quarterback and your head coach combination might not be a good head coach and quarterback combination, but your head coach may not be what your quarterback needs for your quarterback to be successful, to maximize what he has. They may not be 
ketchup and fries. You dig what I'm talking about? Pizza and pepperonis. Do you understand me? They might not be that, brother. They might not be that, brother. They might be oil and water, people. Oil is good. You need that shit for damn near everything. Water is, you can't live without water. You need that. But they don't work well together. And so when you play for a piss poor organization like the Chicago Bears, who has a, a long, strenuous track record of picking piss poor head coaches, who then pick piss poor coordinators, what do you think is going to happen with the quarterback? I don't give a fuck how good he is. I don't give a fuck how naturally talented he is. If I got to go out here and run jackass plays, then I'm not going to be successful. If I'm behind a chop-shifted, makeshift O-line that is getting me crushed, and every time I say hike, I got to run around for five minutes before I can even look down the field to find a wide receiver who's half-assed because our scouts are not good at picking quality guys who go out and run routes and catch footballs. We get the mediocre of the football players instead of the cream of the crop when we got three, four, five all-star receivers coming out every year. Who's Justin Fields' best receiver? Who's his best receiver? How did we draft Justin Fields in the first round last year? And with 13 draft picks since then, I would like to say, I don't know exactly all the bears, but I know you got six more picks in that draft and seven picks in this draft if you got all your picks. How in the fuck do we not have a quality O-lineman or a quality wide receiver for Justin Fields with 13 picks after we pick Justin Fields? Because the organization is subpar. The organization, the general managers, the scouts, they be piss poor. Trevor Lawrence, hottest prospect since sliced bread. We knew Trevor Lawrence was going to be the number one pick the day that ball came out his mama. Woo. But what sucks for Trevor Lawrence is you were the number one pick in the organization that picked you with the Jacksonville Jaguars. who We watched go 13-3 a couple years ago, beat the Steelers in the divisional round of the playoffs, take the, the Patriots to the brink in the conference championship of the playoffs, and then break that team up. Might I remind you, and that year when they did all of this, Jalen Ramsey was in like year three, maybe. Leonard Fournette was in like year two, three, maybe. Blake Bortles obviously was garbage, but not, let me not say garbage, Blake. I don't want to be disrespectful. He was a serviceable quarterback. He wasn't a star quarterback. Um... But he was young. Calais Campbell. Miles Jack. That entire team. That was like three, four years ago. I don't think anybody's on that roster anymore. What's crazy? Jalen Ramsey was on that roster. He's won a Super Bowl with another organization since then. Leonard Fournette was on that roster. He's won a Super Bowl with, with another organization since then. Calais Campbell was on that roster. He's made the playoffs and won conference division championships year, multiple times since then. What have the Jags done since then? Besides, have the the, the worst the, the the worst pick in the draft to be able to pick Trevor Lawrence. That's how you get a Trevor Lawrence. Is you suck. Let me ask you all a question. Have you ever seen the Steelers with the number one pick in the draft? Have you ever seen the Ravens with the number one pick in the draft in the last twenty years? Have you ever seen the Patriots with the number one pick in the draft? Have you? I don't think so. And if you ask me, those are the three most well-ran organizations in the NFL. If you want to go down the list, I can damn near give you every other team that has had a number one pick in the last 20 years. Almost every team. There's only 32 teams in the league. Almost all of them have had number one picks in the last year, 20 years. That's how they get these quarterbacks. The Bengals with Joe Burrow. The Panthers with Cam Newton. The Colts with Andrew Luck. The list don't stop. The Browns with Baker Mayfield. That's how you get these. I mean, yeah, the Browns had a couple number one picks, but they the Browns. But, like, 
So you look at a team like the Jaguars, who's always picking out the top, not even to say number one, you're always picking in the top 10. There's certain organizations that are always in the top 10. Always. The Jags, damn near always. Outside of the year when y'all have finally looked like y'all pieced it together and then blew it, you're always in the top 10. The Jets, y'all did the same thing. Yeah, one little good run with Mark Sanchez a little over a decade ago. Ever since then, every year you've been in the top 10. The Giants, ever since Eli won the last one in 2012, every year y'all are in the top 10. There are certain organizations that every single year in the draft, they are top 10. Top 10, top 15 organizations every single year. Every single year. How are y'all picking the best of the players and yet still coming up with the worst of the results? It is because the cooks in the kitchen fucking suck. You went out and got a quality steak, but then you put a jackass on the grill and he burned the shit. He didn't season it properly. So that's my thing with that. Um, I I just think um, when you talk about uh, quarterbacks and organizations, bro, it, it to me, I don't care how good the quarterback is. If the organization is, does not match that or even come close to that, then you will you will see instead of the quarterback be able to bring raise the level of the organization, you will see the level of the organization lower the level of the quarterback. I will leave that at that. So for Justin Fields, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, don't really care how good y'all are. Unfortunately for you, gentlemen, you went to some of the worst organizations in the league. So what do I think will happen in turn from that? Your careers will probably not say too, 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 too much. Mac Jones might win a Super Bowl or two. Kenny Pickett might win a Super Bowl or two. Patrick Mahomes is great. Andy Reid was the perfect cook to put in the kitchen to go along with Patrick Mahomes. Shout out to the Chiefs organization. Actually, I would also like to say that the Chiefs are also a very, very, very well-ran organization. They would also be in that group with the Steelers, with the Ravens, with the Patriots. I would also put the Chiefs in that organization. Very, 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 very well-ran organization. Very well-ran organization. Um, Moving on, y'all know I have a special segment. Uh, we got two segments left I'm, or two uh, hidden topic points I'm going to hit left. One of them is a special segment. That y'all know I I, I uh, installed a couple months back. Don't do it too, too often. But sometimes I just feel for certain people, it would be in your better judgment to shut the fuck up. And I'm not even trying to say that disrespectfully. Sometimes it's just better to not say nothing. Uh, again, I will say, bros, it, a wise man once said nothing at all. So with that being said, I know you guys are probably wondering, well, who in the fuck is on? Stick a fucking sock. Shut the fuck up, bitch. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, bitch. Shut the fuck up, bitch. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, bitch. Brought to you by goofy ass boys who be talking crazy. Today's Mr. Stick a sock. Who do you apologize for? everyone that was suspected about this situation, there was a lot of people that was triggered. But not the women that accused you of this? I apologize to all of them. So anybody that was affected, you yourself. I apologize to anyone that was affected about this whole situation. So, Deshaun, was this more about moving on with your career? Deshaun, brother. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. Pim. Oh, whoa. I, I'm not your legal representation, people. And I know them ball got a lot more knowledge than I do. 
But brother, I would tell you if you was if I was one of your, your partners in your corner, hey, at this point, brother, my suspension has been finalized. It ain't finalized, they could change the but finalized, stamp. The settlements, I think of damn near every woman now has been finalized. Stamp. Hey, we are no longer talking nothing that is not football. The second they ask you any type of questions about this case, about this situation, hey, if it's not about football, I don't have nothing to say. If you want to talk about this case, talk to my legal representation. I no longer have nothing to say about this. I, I'm done apologizing. I'm done bringing it up. I'm done talking about it. In no way, shit, if what you have to ask me as a reporter does not have to do with football, I have zero to say. I am only here, so I will not get fined. Deshaun, shut up. At this point, bros, there's nothing you can say that is going to benefit you. Every The only thing you can do at this point by opening your mouth is hurt yourself. Hurt your brand. Already make a situation that is absolutely piss poor a thousand times worse. That is the only thing you can do at this point moving forward by opening your mouth. So with that interview you had right there, I think that was two days ago. Pete, from then on, if it, I would, because I wouldn't have said nothing at this at this point, brother. I have nothing to say about that. Please keep your mod closed, brother. Keep your mod closed. Stick a fucking sock in it, Pete. If them people ask you anything outside of football related question, brother, mum is the word. Stop talking. Stop talking. If it's not football, stop talking. Fuck about stop apologize. Stop to the you apologize. I think it was bullshit, but you apologize. So shut up. Don't say nothing else. Let it go. Let it go. In 11 weeks, when you come back, let it go. Let it go. When 11 weeks you come back, oh Deshaun, what have you learned from, from you? Hey, if it's not about the game that I'm about to play in this week, I don't have no time for it. I have nothing to say about it. From here on, Deshaun, you should never, ever, ever, ever open your mouth about this case again unless it's behind closed doors with people that you trust. Okay. Now, I'm going to leave you with that, brother. I'm going to leave you with that because that talking in circles you're starting to do, you, you, you stand on your innocence, you're sorry for the people you're affected, you, you, you're starting to talk in circles, brother. You're starting to talk in circles. And before we start making these circles, large circles, let's just shut up, brother. Let's just shut up. So anyway, with that, the last thing I am going to hit today, I don't know what y'all was on last night. Uh, I know out here in Vegas, they had the uh, weekend was out here last night. I know they had a lot of people slid to the weekend concert. Um, I know they had some football on last night. Cowboys was playing. I don't know if y'all big Cowboy fans. Um, But I was over at the homie spot watching UFC. I think it was, what was it, 281 last night or 282, some shit like that. I'm not too big in the UFC. There's only a certain couple fighters I like to watch. Um, and last night, uh, I think all of you know that it ended. The last fight of the night, 50-some-odd seconds left in that five-round fight of the night, ended with the classic. I want to say... For that brother but putting that camera right there on those men was genius 
this is what they were reacting to. The claw from which he has caught it. No. That is a dick oh. shot. From which he has caught it. No. That is a dick shot. Oh. Oh. No. There it is. No. Oh my gosh. Oh. Shoot it. Oh. Look how much time is left on the clock. Hey, Kamara Usman had been, Kamara Usman lost the first round. So let me before I run it back for the last time, let me let me just talk about the fighter real quick. A little bit. Kamara Usman lost the first round. He put himself in a situation where he ended up, uh, Edwards, Leon Edwards had his back, and he, he was really in a great position of, 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 of locking a rear naked choke. Kamar Usman basically had to fight him off for 90-plus seconds um, in helping himself to avoid getting rear naked choked in the first round. Okay, so Kamar Usman got up. He kind of, you know, he walked to his corner. He was smiling. He was like, okay, now, all right, all right, you got that one. You feel me? Like he had kind of that face on it. Like, okay, you got me on that one. Uh, but I'm not slipping no more. I seen that. And okay, that that's that. And you know what I mean? He, he came back out. And from that round two, three, and four, Kamar Usman was punishing him. Not busting his ass in the point to where, obviously, as you can see, neither one of them had cuts. But Kamar Usman was the aggressor the entire fight. He was the one walking forward the entire fight. He was applying the pressure to Edwards the entire fight. You could tell the entire fight, Kamar Usman was the better, stronger, more tactical, more, more, more skillful, fundamentally sound fighter the entire fight. From top to bottom, overall, striking, grappling, wrestling, you could tell Usman was better. But the one thing I will give Leon Edwards credit for is he never folded and he never veered away from his game plan. He never folded. He never got rushed. He never got outside his body. He stuck with his game plan. In a 25-minute bout, he stuck with his game plan. He won the first five minutes. He got his ass walked down about the next 17, 18, 19 minutes. And in the final minute of this bout, again, I will show y'all. Look at how much time was left. And basically what I'm showing you is Kamara Usman was that far away from once again retaining his title. From once again, the, the question being, is Kamara Usman the greatest pound-for-pound -pound fighter of all time? This is how much time. The cloth from which he has cut it. No. That is a dick shot. Oh. 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 No. There it is. No. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Less than 60 seconds. The homie was less than 60 seconds away from retaining his title. Leon Edwards, much, 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 much respect to you, bro. Big congratulations to you because even as I just did it on today, I know the bigger story is not going to be you winning the fight. The bigger story is going to be Kamar Usman losing the fight. And even though I kind of just did that in the segment, and, and even I will show you the banner when I wrote it down, I didn't really use it. But even I labeled the segment, Usman goes down in the fifth. I would like to say congratulations to you, Leon Edwards, because you stayed disciplined your entire fight. You didn't get rushed your entire fight. I don't know much about the UFC game, but I've seen you stay poised, pocketed, and locked in the entire fight. And those type of head kicks I've seen in, in, in your highlights, they on your resume. That, that is what you do. And it came through for you with 58 seconds left in a title fight, your second uh, bout at it with Kamar Usman. 
I know y'all gonna get it in a third time, but I just like to say congratulations to you on that one, my brother. This is your time, Mr. Leon Edwards. Thrive in it, live in it, strive in it. But you are gonna have to see Usman again, my brother. And when you see Usman again, people, oh, whoa. Anywho, with that being said, I do appreciate everybody who tuned in today. I am about to get up out of here. Uh, I'm over the 40 minute mark. I usually like to try to stay under that. Um, but uh, I didn't really get, uh, we ain't really been on too much this week. Crom was out in Miami. Uh, I've been bullshitting. I ain't gonna hold y'all. Not even that. It just wasn't really nothing that I was excited to talk about, that I was invigorated to really get out here and express on. And they had a couple topics today with everything that happened over the weekend. And so I just decided, you know, this was the best time to get back in and chop it up. Anywho, make sure y'all do the usual. And it is greatly appreciated when y'all do follow Big Bet Sports, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Wherever you are at on social media, uh, on Instagram, it is Big Bet Sports LV for Las Vegas. So make sure y'all get it there. And then wherever you get your podcast, uh, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, we all over that, John. And then uh, YouTube, of course, obviously, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share. Big Bet Sports on YouTube. We trying to grow. We can't grow without y'all helping us grow. So we appreciate each and every one of y'all each and every time that you do whatever, you know, and all the things that I just mentioned that helps us grow. So with that being said, uh, I think Quam is flying back today. So hopefully uh, my boy get back on that ground safe and sound. And then uh, we'll be back tomorrow or Tuesday for sure at some point to discuss. Uh, I'll discuss the Steelers game with him. I'm, I'm knowing he didn't watch that shit out there. But I've been having a Casamigos bottle of his lips since he took off from my chest. So we'll be back to discuss that. But until then, uh, y'all stay peaceful, bro. Y'all stay positive. Y'all stay grateful. Y'all stay joyful. Grandpa K will be signing out. Go Steelers, go Tigers.